We're so glad that you found this Peak City message today. Our prayer is that during our time together, you're able to discover Jesus and are encouraged to follow him fearlessly. We are wrapping up today this little collection of messages we've been in called For My Family, For My Future. It is not the last time we're going to talk about For My Family, For My Future. It's probably going to be a yearly thing uh, for us. Uh, but we are going to wrap it up for, for today. Um, if you don't know, we've been talking about how can we become the best men and the best women that God has created us to be for the benefit of our families and the benefit of our futures. And three weeks ago, we talked, actually two weeks ago, we talked about um, how you need to go on the hunt for healing. It's the most important thing you can do for your family and your future is to heal from your brokenness. Like if you're single right now and you plan to get married one day, your future spouse will thank you for going on the hunt for healing right now, not waiting until you're spending every waking minute with them and trying to heal them, okay? You need to go on the hunt for healing. Last week we talked about the rules of restraints, how you need to learn how not just to discipline your children but to enforce healthy boundaries in your life so that people don't treat you like a doormat and run you over. You gotta learn, if you, for the benefit of your family, the benefit of your future, you need to learn how to have healthy boundaries. And now today we're going to wrap it up um, by talking through 1 Samuel chapter 3. And um, we're going we're gonna to see something that is going to make the biggest difference in your family and in your future. But we're going to see that it is something that is actually entirely unseen. You know, sometimes it's like the, the, the biggest difference makers in your life are things that nobody ever sees. So like some of y'all that are strong and muscular and you put in that work at the gym and everybody sees you at the gym lifting big, that's actually not what made you so big and strong. Brian, you know what I'm talking about. It's about the grams of protein that you consumed when no one was watching. You can lift all the weight you want, but if you don't get that protein in when nobody's watching you, your muscles ain't going to grow. It's science. All right? It's science. It's, it's unseen. Some of y'all that are financially free, you're financially wealthy, you, you, you have the ability to be very generous in your life. And people look at you and go, man, it must be awesome to have such a successful business, right? It must be awesome to have all those resources. And, but what, what, what they don't see is the unseen hustle and grind it took to build that business. What they don't see is the unseen discipline it took to live on a budget while everybody else is out there wiling in the streets, buying whatever. You were out there living on rice and beans, beans and rice. It's the unseen work that nobody sees. You know, our, our favorite Colorado head football coach, Deion Sanders, raise your hand if you're loving Deion prime time right now. If you don't like Deion, shame on you. And if you, I had somebody last service saying, bandwagon, bandwagon. They won one game last year, okay? The bandwagon is wide open, there's room. But y'all like, man, where did Coach Prime come from? He's been doing this stuff when nobody was watching at Jackson State. He's just been coaching and, and like he, he, he's not just now coming up with awesome motivational speeches, all right? And just so you know, I am going to steal Coach Prime's content in sermons for the next several months. So just be on the lookout. <laughs> he's the new celebrity pastor. It's the unseen, right? He, he, he was doing it when nobody was watching. And if you're going to really build into your family and build into your future, you're going to have to do something that is really, really unseen. You're going to have to work on something that, that nobody's going to follow you on social media for, no one's going to celebrate you for. It's entirely unseen. That's why the title of my message for you today is not the hunt for healing. It's not the rules of restraint. It's the importance of integrity. The importance of of integrity. I want to preach this message to you in a way that drives this word integrity deep into your heart that you never forget it. I, I, I want this message to haunt you. And so I'm going to, I'm going to make you say some things back to me today. 
Hey, I'm going to make you say the word integrity a lot to me today. I want you to say it out loud. I think sometimes integrity gets attacked in the darkness and nobody talks about it. I want us to talk about it out in the open, in the light today. Okay? So I, I want you to say it's the importance of what? Integrity. It's about what? Integrity. I want you to say it with confidence. I want you to say it with courage. Because when you walk out these doors and your integrity is being assaulted, you need to have courage and confidence to stand in it. It's the importance of what? Integrity. It's about what? Somebody online better be all caps and yelling. Integrity. The importance of what? Integrity. It's about what? Integrity. Integrity. It comes from that root word integer, right? To be whole or complete, undivided. Meaning you're the same person in every environment. You're the same on stage as you are off stage. I tell my wife all the time, if I ever get a preacher voice, throw a tomato at me. I ain't out here trying to be like, and then God said. And then in behind the scenes, I'm just like talking like this. Because I'm trying to have what? Integrity. The importance of what? Integrity. I'm going to keep going on it. I'm telling you, you better just get ready for it. This is, a, this is a call and response message. We need more of this. The importance of what? Integrity. Okay. Integrity. And here's the deal. When I say that word, so many of you know that it's important. You know this. You've heard too many inspirational, motivational quotes about integrity. You know it's important. You know your character matters. You know being the same person in every setting matters. You know like your behaviors and your beliefs matching up matters. We hear all the quotes on it. Like the, the, the greatest quote on integrity comes from a senator in Wyoming named Alan Simpson. He says this, if you have integrity, nothing else matters. And if you don't have integrity, nothing else matters. Right? I know I'll run the risk of quoting a politician when we talk about integrity. That's, a, that's, a, that's an odd choice, but just so you know, I did go on Google for a solid 30 minutes this past week and Googled Alan Simpson, this old senator from Wyoming. And I'm telling you, in the age of social media, if there were dirt on this man, we would have it. And I found nothing. All I found was that he had such integrity that they named a whiskey in his honor called Integrity Whiskey. I said, man, if that politician ain't got no dirt on him on Google and they named a whiskey after him called Integrity, I think I can use his quote in a sermon. It's about, in, it's about what? Integrity. It's the importance of what? Integrity. Integrity. I believe it's the key to building your family and building your future. I think if you, if you have integrity, nothing else will matter. And if you don't have it, nothing else will matter. And I want to show you today the importance of integrity as we look through the life of Samuel. And I'm praying that some of you in this room, I know it right now, I know some of you watching on the screen right now, some of you the very, the very spirit of God, I know some of you are listening to this in your car like days later on podcasts because we always get those, those mentions and those emails from people. Some of you are listening to this in your car right now, some of you are hearing it right now. And when I say the word integrity, it scares you to death. I know that. I know some of y'all are like, man, I'm not walking in integrity right now. And I'm praying that today you would um, take a step towards freedom I'm praying that for some of you that are discouraged, maybe you are walking in integrity, but you're just tired, that today would maybe fill you up with the courage and the energy you need to keep going because you're on the right path. It's the importance of integrity. It's the importance of what? It's about what? 1 Samuel 3, verse 1. Y'all ready? All right, we're going to talk about the namesake of this book. We've been in 1 Samuel for three weeks and we ain't even talked about Samuel. We're talking about Samuel today. And Samuel, before we jump into the text, you need to know for context sake, Samuel is um, a, ch a, a child who is, the, is the, the unfortunate recipient of being a part of a, a blended family where both families are jacked up. 
all right? Samuel came from Hannah. Now, if you remember two weeks ago on the, in, in, in the hunt for healing, Hannah was the one who couldn't get pregnant, and she asked God to give her a son, and, and God gave her Samuel, and she said, if you'll give me the son, I'll turn right around, and I'll give, you, I'll, I'll give him right back to you, and he'll serve the temple and serve the church all the days of his life and be a priest. And so that's what she did. Now, Hannah, remember, she had that real weird sister-wife situation going on, where there was one sister-wife antagonizing the other one. It's a real jacked-up situation. That's one of the families that Samuel comes from. Then she gives him to the temple, and he ends up being raised and spiritually fathered by Eli. Remember last week we talked about Eli and how Eli failed as a father. Eli had these two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, who were just hell-raising pastor's kids, blowing up the church and blowing up their family. So, so Samuel is the unfortunate recipient of being born into a family he did not choose that was jacked up, then given over to the, the, the church to be raised by a pastor whose family was jacked up. Samuel can't catch a break, <laughs> okay? But what, what you're going to see is that even if you were born into, and you know right now, one of the hardest things about families is you didn't get to choose the families you were born into. That's what makes it complicated. But what we see in Samuel is great hope that even if you were born into a jacked up family, you can actually, you can, you can have hope today. You can, you can walk with courage. You can know that God has your back if you will learn the importance of what? Verse 1, here's what it says. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. There wasn't much going on that God could really speak to. It was a messed up time. One night, Eli whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see. My man's was getting old. He, his, your daddy's so old, he can't even see at night. His eyes getting so weak. The lamp, the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. So Samuel's just hanging out in church, being near the presence of God late at night. Then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli, his spiritual father, and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call, go back and lie down. How many of y'all parents ever have a kid wake you up in the middle of the night and you're like, it's supposed to be a cute moment because they're a child, right? They, mom and dad, this is so, so cute. When really all all you want is for them to go back to bed, leave me alone. How much money do I have to pay you to leave me alone? Am I the only mean parent in the room when it comes to 3 a.m. wake-up call? Lord have mercy. He said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and he, and he lay down. And again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli, said, I didn't call you. Get your butt back to bed and, and, and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. That's a key phrase here. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And a third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me again. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. And so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so Samuel went and he lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there. Oh, what a verse. The Lord came to Samuel, the boy's room, and he stood there. Some of y'all parents in the room need to hear this right now. The Spirit of God is always pursuing your children. The Spirit of God is always in your kid's bedroom. It is always watching over them. Our God is omnipresent. He is everywhere all at once. There's not a place your kids could go where the, where the presence of God and the Spirit of God is not with them. He is their heavenly Father. You are their earthly okay Father. The presence of God was standing in the room. And calling out 
as the other times. He said, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. Oh, man, what a beautiful moment where for the very first time, the boy Samuel has an encounter with God. It's the first time he's ever spoken to God on his own. It's the first time he's ever prayed and really felt the voice of God in his life. You know, that's such, a, such an important moment for all of us as we follow Jesus. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter if you were raised in church. It don't matter how many church services you've been to. It don't matter for Samuel that he was, he was raised by the priest. Until you have your own relationship with God, you don't have faith. You've got to step in this place where it's you and God. It's not you, your parents and God. Right? And so we want that for all of our kids. We want them to step into this moment where they are, they are talking to God on their own. We want it so bad for them. And right here, Eli sees it's happening. And, and, he, and he helps him steward this really special moment in his life. He says, go back to your bed. I love that, I love that Eli doesn't go with Samuel. Right? He knows this is a part of his journey that Samuel needs on his own. So he says, go back to your room and say, speak. Your servant is listening. Such humility, he says, you need to express to God. And so Samuel goes and says, speak, your servant is listening, and God speaks to him for the very first time in his life. Though he was raised in the church, this is the first time, and the first thing he hears from God is not a message of encouragement, it's not a message of calling, it's really not a message that has anything to do with Samuel, unfortunately. What he hears is a message that ends up being a very heavy burden for young Samuel to carry. It says, the Lord said to Samuel in verse 11, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. If you remember, we read this verse last week. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. The very first message that Samuel hears from God is a burden to carry. It's a burden that he has to bear. What will he do with this message of, of warning, of judgment, of, 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 of punishment for his spiritual father? Right? This is his spiritual father that now he's been told this horribly deep, profound, burdensome message. What will he do with it? And, and, and you can see that it, it was burdensome because it says this in, in, in the next verse, verse 15, it says that Samuel lay down until morning. It doesn't say he slept. It says he got the message and he was up all night. He was laying down and he just didn't know what to do with it. What do I do with this message for my spiritual father? And, and then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and, and he was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and he said, Samuel, my son. And Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you, Eli asked. Don't hide it from me. And may God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide anything from me that he told you. And we now get to the great tension point in the story. What will Samuel do with the message he has received from God? Will he walk with, what's it about? Integrity. It's the importance of what? Integrity. It's about what? Integrity. I need you to keep going with me. I, 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 I need you. I, I'm not going to let off the gas in this message, so you don't let off the, the gas in response, okay? It's about what? Integrity. Will Samuel have integrity, and will he share everything that God has told him and, and honor the request of his spiritual father? Or will he do what most families do and just sweep it under the rug? It's about, in, it's about what? Integrity. It's about integrity. Will he have it? 
And before I resolve that tension for you in the story, um, I think there's some things we need to learn about integrity from the text already. Some things that jump out that are really key in, in your own battle for integrity, in, in the importance of integrity in your life. You need to learn some things that already come out through the text. And, and, and I, I, I want you to write these down. I want you to pray on these things this week. I want you to really consider how these things apply to your life. See, I, I can do the heavy lifting of getting this message to you. I cannot do the work of letting this message take root in your heart. That's between you and God. Right? So I, I want you to write these down. I want you to pray on them. I want you to figure out how God wants to work this message out in your heart. Because from the text, we clearly see a few truths about integrity. Number one, I want you to write this down. Your integrity is never safe. From the moment you begin a relationship with God to the moment you die, your integrity is never safe. Here Samuel is, and he's a boy. He's about to be a teenager and step into a big leadership responsibility in the nation of Israel if you keep, if you keep reading on. But he's a boy here. And, and, and he starts this relationship with God in the very first moment, the first interaction he has with God. The, the, the enemy then comes in and says, are you really going to be honest? Are you really going to tell the whole truth from a young age? His integrity is not safe. And I'm telling you, I see it in our students. I see it in our youth. I see it in our high school students. I see it in my own son. He's in sixth grade. He's just starting middle school. Surely his integrity won't be attacked yet. No, no, no. See, my son, my son made a decision two years ago to give his life to Jesus. And he, he had one of those moments where God was speaking to him and telling him, you need to get baptized. You need to go all in. And even though I was telling him, you're too young, you don't need to do that. He's like, no, dad, I understand the gospel. And God told me to go do it. So I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to hold you back then. You're in. And from that moment, I have seen his integrity be attacked. He came home from school the other day and said, dad, Every kid at school cusses nonstop. All my, all, all the other boys I go, it seemed like all of them, they just cuss nonstop. It's like, what do I do? I was like, well, what do you think you should do? He's like, I don't know. It just, it sucks. I hate it. It just makes me mad. I'm like, well, you can either choose to go with the flow and talk like everybody else is talking, or you can choose to have, what is it? Integrity. The importance of what? Integrity. You got to make a decision. Are you going to have integrity or not? It's about what? Integrity. integrity. And your integrity is never safe from a young boy. But then catch this, catch this, catch this. Samuel's integrity was attacked. And then you see the other character in the story, Eli, the old man. He's so old, he can barely see, barely keep his eyes open. His integrity is being attacked in this moment as well. He knows deep down that Samuel has had a conversation with God that is not good. He know, you know. You know sometimes when something's just not settling right with you in life and you should ask a question, it's usually the Holy Spirit of God that's prompting you to step into truth. And, and Eli could have done what he had done in previous chapters. We're going to talk about that in a second. In previous chapters, he ran away from his responsibility. He ran away from integrity. And instead, what does he do? He chooses to step in and say, tell me everything, even if it hurts. Tell me everything. His integrity is being attacked. His I'm telling you, even when you, you've been following Jesus for years. There's, a, there's one, of, one of the many saints of our church who's been following Jesus for years, been building this church for years. I had lunch with him recently. And I said, hey, does it ever get easier following Jesus? Are you old now? And I can say that to him. We got that kind of relationship. It's not insulting to him. He wears his age like a badge of honor because he's been following Jesus for a long time. And I said, does it ever get any easier? Do the temptations ever go away? He said, no. My integrity is always attacked. 
temptations don't go away, the, the, the urge to lie, the urge to exaggerate, the urge to hide, the urge, it don't ever go away. Your integrity is never safe. You will always have to tend to your character and tend to your integrity like you are tending to your yard and you pulling weeds. Right, like my, my, my two youngest kids, they try to make money right now. And so I put them on pulling weeds. They try to be like their older brother. I've told you, my, my oldest son, he's got a poop scooping business. And so he's like flush with money right now. That dude's loaded. I'm telling you, man, he needs to buy me dinner. That's, this kid is like, he's printing money. All right, money printer go brr with this kid. It's just the, the, the money's there. I saw his little bank account the other day. I'm like, gone it, man. This kid's rolling. The other two like that, I need, I need a job to make me some money. Well, you're nine and six, you can't have a job that makes you money yet, but you can pull weeds and for every bag that you fill with weeds, I'll pay you a couple bucks. And so sure enough, my, my middle child, he like goes and grabs the two biggest weeds he can find and just folds them up and, and fills the bag with two weeds. I'm done. But they work their butts off for hours pulling these weeds. And then Tatum, my little daughter, we, we said, hey, it's been about two weeks and you go pull, pull weeds again. She said, dad, don't you remember? I already did that. She's like, don't you remember? I sweated my butt off. I worked my butt off and you paid me money for those for those weeds, I already did. I said, girl, the weeds grow back. And she went outside, she's like, no, they don't. I walked her outside and I showed her and the look on her face was just like, weeds are a scam. This whole thing is a racket, <laughs> okay? Home ownership is overrated. <laughs> Your character will require constant attention. It ain't, it ain't, your integrity will never be safe. You must constantly pull the weeds out of your life and out of your character that, that, that have the temptation to overcrowd and overgrow everything and ruin it. Your integrity will never be safe because here's the deal. The devil knows, the devil knows. If he wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life, all he really has to do is take out your integrity. I had a mentor tell me one time that we are all two decisions away from stupid. And you know he's right? I don't care how good your job is. I don't care how much money you're making. I don't care how, how awesome your marriage is, how great your kids are. You are two decisions away from blowing up your life. The enemy knows that. And so that's why your integrity will never be safe. And unfortunately, I know when I say that, that some of you right now go, yeah, yeah, I can attest to the truth that we are two decisions away from stupid. Because many of you in this room have blown up your lives before because of two stupid decisions, because of one stupid decision. And it, it, it destroyed your character, it destroyed your integrity, it nearly destroyed, maybe it did destroy your marriage. It made family relationships really tense. I mean, the, we are two decisions away from stupid. That's why the devil always attacks your integrity. But here's the deal. If you're here right now and you are feeling discouraged, oh Lord, I know, I, I know for a fact, all week long when I had this message, I was like, I, when I get to this point, I can put myself in your shoes because I've blown up my life before, I've made mistakes before. I know some of you right now are feeling so discouraged and so attacked because your integrity is in shambles. I know that some of you are sitting right there going, I, I, my integrity is not, is not good right now. It's, it's not safe, it's not even whole right now. And you're feeling discouraged and you're feeling like you're in a pit. Can I just think, I, I feel like God sent me here to lift your head up today with this other truth that we get from the text and you need to hear it, you need to let the Spirit of God encourage you and lift you up and give you hope to this truth that your integrity can be rebuilt. If you failed in one season, it don't mean you're gonna be a failure the rest of your life. Your integrity, though it might be in shambles, it can be rebuilt. Come on, come on, come on, look at the text with me. Eli in chapter two was a deadbeat dad with no backbone who couldn't have a real conversation with his sons. 
and he's watching his sons blow up their life. And we were all going, Eli, come on, man, get your act together, be a better dad. But now look, just one chapter later, oh, someone right now needs to hear that, one chapter later, one chapter later, here he is raising Samuel up and teaching him how to have a relationship with God. One chapter later, and here he is having direct conversations and saying, tell me everything. Give it all to me, even if it hurts. One chapter later, someone right now needs to hear it. Your integrity, one chapter later, your entire marriage could be changed. One chapter later, your dating relationships could be entirely different. One chapter later, your purity, your finances, it could all change. God wants to rebuild. God wants to redeem your life. And it is not a lifelong, it's not like, oh man, I screwed up in the past. It's a death sentence. No, 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 no. It's one chapter away. If you would trust God and you would walk with, what is it? Integrity. The importance of what? You're one chapter away. You're one chapter away. Paul was murdering Christians. Three years later, he was leading the Christian movement. you one chapter away. It don't take long. But you got to walk with what? Integrity. integrity. It's about the importance of what? Integrity. integrity. But here's the, here's the deal. If you're going to rebuild your integrity or you're going to maintain your integrity, you got to get real about what integrity actually is and isn't. All right, so I'm going to cut through the spiritual crap with you for a second. I'm going to cut through the stuff that most preachers would say to you. I'm going to say something to you right now that's very nuanced. And in a culture that does not understand nuance, uh, this is not going to create good social media clips. It's, it's, it's going to be, it's just, but life is about nuance. Okay, and, and here's the deal with integrity. Preachers preach like, and we act like, integrity is a all or nothing game. That you either got it or you don't. It's 100% or it's 0%. And any flaw in the foundation, any crack means you don't have integrity. But I came to set the record straight on integrity. Because the only person who has 100% integrity, the only person who ever walked with 100% integrity was named Jesus Christ. Every single uh, temptation he overcame. His beliefs and his behaviors were always perfectly in sync. He had full integrity for the entirety of his human life. That's why when he stretched his arms out and died on the cross, it was the perfect sin offering that, that forgave everything we've ever done wrong because of his perfect life. Jesus is the only one with 100% integrity. You and I, when it comes to integrity, it works a lot more like, a, like an iPhone battery. You wake up in the morning and your charge is at 100%. Five minutes later, it's at 97. Halfway throughout the day, it's at 60. A little bit later on, it might be down to 25. Maybe you got a little charge in the middle of the day and, and ran that sucker up a little bit, but it, it, it ain't 100 or zero percent. In fact, the, 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 the way I want to explain this to you, I'm going to show you in just a second. The, 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 the way I want to explain this to you is, and, and, and just comprehend this, because the, again, this is just deep level soul stuff. It's, it's nuance that you need to understand. There is always some distance between the real you and the you that you project to the world. I'm just trying to be real with you. You very rarely live at 100% integrity. There's always some distance between the you that you project to the world and the real you. The work of rebuilding in integrity and maintaining integrity is to keep that distance as short as possible, okay? Now, I'm gonna need some people, I need, I need some help on stage for a second, all right? And I've already got my people picked out so you don't have to raise your hand. And I've not told these people that I need them on stage. So it's gonna get fun and if they refuse, we're gonna boo them. 
Okay. Um, I need uh, Brian. I've I, I pointed Brian out for a second. I need, I need Brian to come up here for a second. Okay. Everybody give Brian a hand. He has no idea that he's doing this. Get up here, my man. Get up here. Now, um, the other person I need, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Ezra. Uh, no, but you stay right there for a second. Just be ready. Okay? Don't, like when I call on your, uh, on your assistance, don't leave me hanging. Okay? That, that would be awkward. All right. Brian, I need you to stand right here front and center. Now, the reason I chose Brian is because he's broad as a barn. His shoulders are huge. And uh, when I think about my projected self, the self I want the world to see, I think shoulders like this. I think a back like this. <laughs> Strong. Let's go. You got it, man. Proud of you. You put in hard work. Now, here's what I need you to do. I need you to just like hold on to this and like kind of tie it around your arm. Like almost like we're going to play tug of war. Yeah, just get a real strong grip on it. Just like that. That's, that's perfect. Just, now, now, you stand facing that way, okay? And all you got to do, my man, is just be strong. Just don't let me pull you. Okay, that's it. It ain't going to be hard. That's why I chose you. I didn't, I didn't choose like a middle school or something. <laughs> I chose you. There's, when it comes to integrity, there's, there is the you that you project to the world, and then there's the real you. And there's always a little bit of distance. The work of integrity, rebuilding it and maintaining it is to keep that distance as short as possible. But, but what the enemy does is he's always, he's always looking to push you away. He's always looking to create distance. So like your boss says, so hey, how's that project going that you guys have been working on? And you go, oh crap, I forgot about that project. But you go, it's going good. It's going good. We're, we're right on track. We're right, Q4 is looking good, boss. A little bit more distance, right? Uh, your spouse says, hey, something seems off in our, in our chemistry right now. Are you okay? And, you, and in your mind, you're like, it's just, I, I don't have energy to get into this right now. I don't have time to get into this right now. And there probably is something going on inside of you. There's probably something she's done or he's done to offend you. But she's like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm good, babe. You good? I'm good. I'm good if you're good. Then you get into some sort of hidden sin. You, you're drinking at night to calm the nerves. You're looking at something on your phone that you shouldn't be looking at. You're, you're going back to old relationships that you know, and, and, and you don't want anybody to know, but if someone looked in your DMs right now, you'd be very embarrassed. And so there's just a little bit more distance, right? There's the you that you project, the strong you, the capable you, you got it, man, you got it all together, but the real you is getting further and further away. And then you show up to small group. Like if you, if you come to group, if you join a group, you go to culture class or you have like, you know, friends that are trying to help you grow in your faith. And they say, how are you doing? How's your relationship with God? And you go, man, it's going good. God and I, we tight. Yeah, man. Love God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. 10 times, brother, sister. When really you ain't spent quality time with God in months and really you're depressed and really you're anxious. And really, you're addicted. And really, you don't feel like you have any hope. But the, the, the projected you's out there just doing his thing, man. And everybody sees that and goes, man, Petey's doing great out there. Chelsea's doing great out there. Tommy's doing great out there. Look at them. When really, you over here in the shadows and you're in the darkness. And um, this happens to every single one of us, by the way. Don't you dare for a minute go thinking, ooh, this is for the people that really screwed up their life. That's the devil trying to let you wiggle out of this illustration right now. I'm trying to lock you in this illustration right now. This happens to everybody. But what happens is when you get over here in the darkness, and the darkness is a lonely, lonely place. Like you over here in the corner, it's just like, you, you feel so far away from the you that everyone thinks is real that it actually makes it even worse. 
Like nobody even knows who I really am. And so there's no way I could ever get back. Then, then the devil tries to, tries to trick you into just uh, trying harder to earn your way back. This is why I need you to be strong, Brian. Flex on me a little bit, okay? The devil says, hey, Pete, all you got to do is stop drinking. All you got to do is stop gossiping. All you got to do is like pull up your bootstraps. All you got to do is like read your Bible. All you got to do is show up to church. All you got to do. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, the streak ends. And you're back in the pit. See, this is what the devil does. He convinces you that the only way to escape the darkness, the only way to escape the lie, the only way to rebuild your integrity is just do better. But here's the truth. Your willpower will never be stronger than the power of your image-managed self. Woo, y'all want me to preach that because it's too true to you right now. Your willpower will never be stronger than, the, than all you have to, to, to lose. When your image is, is out there like that, but you're really back here, you can't ever willpower your way back there. That's why the only way out, when you find yourself in this position, the only way out, the only way to rebuild integrity is you've got to cry out for help. Ezra, I need you. Give it up for Ezra. Oh, Ezra, I need you, man. Hey, get up there right on the rope, right, right, right next to Brian. Right, Brian, you stay up there. Stay strong. I need you to pull that rope tight, man. My image man itself is strong. I need you to get all the way up there with Brian, though, okay? And, and, and this tug of war, man, whenever I, whenever I say something, just pull on it, okay? You're going to pull me out. That's how this illustration works. You need somebody that you can say, hey, I'm struggling and I'm feeling alone. And someone says, hey, you're not alone. You need someone, don't pull too quick, I'm about to talk more. <laughs> you need someone where you can say, hey, I'm struggling with this sin in my life and, and it was so embarrassing. You need someone that can say, you're forgiven, you're called, you're chosen, it's all good, I've been there before. Let's get you some help. Let me, let me be your accountability partner. Let, let me help pull you out of the pit. You need someone that'll say, that you can say, hey, I keep exaggerating the truth and lying, or man, I'm not telling the full truth. And you go, okay, that's okay, that's okay. I, I hear you, but I still accept you. And I, and, and, and I love you, and I've got your back, and God's got your back. And then all of a sudden, the distance gets shorter. You see what I'm saying? You need somebody in your life that you can confess to. You need somebody in your life that you can depend on that can pull you out. Give it up for our volunteers. Come on, man. That's it, that's it. Thank you, Ezra. You need, it's the power of confession. It's the power of confession and community. This is why James, the brother of Jesus, says that when you're stuck in sin, it's not about trying harder. He says when you're stuck in sin, when you're in the darkness, when you're in the corner and you're struggling, you ought to confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. It's not confess your sins to the pastor. It's not confess your sins to the priest. It's confess your sins to one another so that you can shoulder the load together, so that someone can pull you out of the darkness and say, no, 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 I, I, know, I know the temptation to not have integrity. Yeah, yeah, let me pull you back out. Let's rebuild your integrity together. But the devil does his best work in this moment because when you are over there in the corner, when you are all alone and everything that you have built feels like it is in question and you hear me say, you need to confess. You need to get in a small group. You need to have some friend that you can trust. You need to talk to your spouse. You need to talk to a counselor. You've you got to cry out for help. What most of us do back here is we believe the lie. We believe the lie that those closest to us could never handle the truth. We believe the lie that those who care the most about us, that if they really knew 
they wouldn't love me anymore. If they really knew, they would reject me. And so we stay in the shadows. And I know that Eli and Samuel, I know Samuel was feeling it. He had to be feeling that same thing. If, if I tell my spiritual dad this, he's going to hate me. I mean, come on, think about the relationship for a second between, between spiritual son and spiritual father. Spiritual father is about to pass off the mantle of leadership to his spiritual son. Anybody in the room knows that's a, that's a delicate time in your family when your children grow up and you've got to hand them the mantle of leadership for your family and you become someone that they care for, not someone that is caring for them. That transition of leadership is tricky and this situation is so, so ripe with potential for the family to blow up. And I'm sure that Samuel was sitting there thinking, if I tell him this, our relationship will be over. If I tell him this, there's no way he can handle it. But what I want you to see, the last point about integrity I want you to see is that that's a lie from the devil because your integrity protects your family and secures your future. Your integrity protects your family and secures your future. Let's resolve the tension that was set up in the first 17 verses. What did Samuel choose to do? It's about what? It's the importance of what? Don't, don't trail off on me in the end, man. It's about what? It says in verse 18, so Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. He chose integrity. And it says, then Eli said, I hate your guts. I can't believe you would say that to me. How disrespectful of you as a son. You, you, you just want my power. You just want the inherit. You, you just want my position. No, no, no. He chose integrity and look what happened. It says, Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. Samuel's integrity actually protected their relationship. Samuel's integrity actually built trust. You know that's what integrity does? It builds trust in your family. It builds trust in the relationships that matter most. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna encourage you if you're, if you're a teenager, if you're a student, and, and you can put this to test, and if it doesn't work, you can come back on me and I'll hook you up, okay? If, if you as a teenager, if you as a student, if you will have integrity and tell your parents when you've done something wrong before they can find out, watch it build trust. Watch your punishment actually be less severe and watch them be more favorable to you because they can trust you because you have what? Integrity. integrity. And here's the deal. If, if you do that student, if you do that teenager and your parents actually punish you more because of your honesty and your integrity, send me an email and I'll send them a very strongly worded email with some recommendations for counseling because they need to learn how to parent godlier. I'll hook you up, man. You don't know what I'll do for the next generation. It's about, it's about what? Integrity. Integrity. Spouses in the room. I know some of you right now, I, I'm, I'm no dummy. I know with a message like this, there's gonna be some hard conversations that come forth and some opportunities for you to be honest and to rebuild your integrity. Can I just encourage you, your spouse, until they know the real you, you are not actually fully known and fully loved. It's the deepest human need that any of us have to be fully known and fully loved. And until you get honest with your spouse, until you start to rebuild trust, until you start to have what? 
until you have integrity, he or she can't love the real you because they don't even know you. You're robbing them of the chance to depend on the power of Jesus to forgive you. You're robbing them of the chance to depend on the love of Jesus to fill them up and to love in spite of your weaknesses. I'm telling you, you are letting the enemy have control of your marriage when you refuse to walk in integrity. It's about what? Integrity. It, it protects your family, but it also secures your future because look what happens, not just between Samuel and Eli, not just in their relationship, not only does it protect that relationship, Look what happens to Samuel's future because of his integrity. Verse 19, it says, The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Because of the integrity of Samuel, because he chose to fight for his integrity, to build his integrity, to when there was distance, close the gap. The favor of God was the wind at his back. He said, you got integrity, I'm not gonna let a single word you speak fall to the ground. You got integrity, I got your back. You got integrity, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna increase your leadership. I'm gonna increase your platform. I'm gonna give you more opportunity because God can trust you. So here's the deal, when you have integrity, your future becomes secure. I love how Proverbs says, it's the last verse I'll read to you today. It says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely. You walk in integrity, you walk securely. Whoever makes his ways crooked will be found out. You walk in integrity, you know why it secures your future? Because you ain't gotta worry about nothing. You, it ain't gonna be because of you. I'm gonna steal a Deion Sanders speech right now. Dion told his team that this past week, you ought, you ought to have enough work, enough work ethic and integrity in the way you prepare and the way you hustle so that if we lose, if we get blown out, you can stand up and say, it ain't because of me. You ought to have so much integrity in your life that you go, man, if I don't get rich, if my job doesn't work out, it's all good. It ain't gonna be because of me. I worked hard, I was honest. If my marriage doesn't make it, man, that sucks, but it ain't gonna be because of me. I walked with integrity, I walked with confidence. Man, if, 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 if this big decision I gotta make, if it, if, if I don't make the right decision, man, it's okay. It ain't gonna be because of me because my character remained intact. My integrity was sustained. There wasn't no gap between the projected me and the real me. It ain't gonna be because of me. See, God wants that for your life. God wants you to be able to go to sleep at night knowing that no matter what happens, you're secure. Because you have what? Integrity. You gotta catch this, the reason, the reason integrity is so important, the, the, the summation of this whole message, the importance of integrity, the reason it's so important, you have to catch this. God cares more about who you are than what you do. God cares more about the integrity of your character than he does the work of your hands. God cares more about your integrity than he does your earning potential. God cares more about your integrity than whether or not you get into that college you wanted to get into. God cares more about your integrity. He cares more about who you are than what you do. It's the importance of what? Integrity. And if you got it, nothing else matters. And if you don't have it, nothing else matters. And I just believe with a message like this that there's likely two groups of people in the room that need to respond. Because remember, we're building a church where we make life-changing decisions. We don't let the word of God fall on deaf ears, right? The Holy Spirit of Jesus is here in this room working right now. 
and I think there are probably two groups of people in this room that need to respond to this message today. I, th- I think there's a group of people that maybe you've been walking in integrity right now, but you are exhausted. And you need the Holy Spirit of God to give you new energy, to stay the course. You're on the right path, man. You're on the right path. Keep fighting for your integrity. Don't give up, man. The enemy's attacking you. The world's beating you down, but you are on the right path. Stay the course. And maybe you just need to raise your hand today when we have decision time here in a minute and say, yeah, Jesus, I'm, I'm walking in integrity, but I'm tired. And, and, and the attacks don't, aren't stopping, and I just need, I need fresh strength today. But I, I think that for many of you in this room, your integrity, if you're being honest, is shattered. Your battery is running low, and the distance between the projected you and the real you is, is big. And uh, maybe today you just need to, for the very first time, receive the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy of Jesus that was offered to you on the cross 2,000 years ago to have a fresh start. Someone in this room, someone online needs to hear that right now. Through Jesus, you can have a fresh start. You can begin to rebuild integrity right here, right now by trusting in what Jesus did for you when he died for you. You know, that's what, the, that's what the journey of following Jesus is really all about. It's really all about building integrity. His whole work is about helping you, your beliefs, line up with your behaviors and for you to become one person. And maybe today it's time for you to finally start that journey of following Jesus and becoming a man of integrity or a woman of integrity. Because it's about what? Integrity. The importance of what? Integrity. Stand with me. Stand up with me on your feet. We do this in every service at Peak City as a, as a way to give you a chance to make a decision. And um, we make it private. We'd never parade around anybody's decision. So go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here and you know that you're in that second group, you're in that, that, that group that would say, man, my, my integrity's been shattered. I've been, I've been a different person when no one's watching. I'm doing things and I'm saying things and I'm thinking things and, and I'm, I'm, I'm so far from the, from the me that I'm projecting and you're tired of it and you're sick of it and you just want a fresh start today. You want to say yes to the forgiveness and the grace of Jesus and you want to begin your journey of following him. If that's you, you don't have to have the Bible memorized, you don't have to have your life cleaned up. No, 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 no. You just got to be ready to say yes to starting the journey, yes to the love and the grace of Jesus that has been poured out for you on the cross. If that's the decision you want to make today to become a follower of Jesus and have a fresh start, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Hands up all over the room. That's beautiful. So good. So good. Thank you, Jesus. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. You need to know if you just made that decision, You have just started a journey that is going to change your life. Right now, because of what Jesus did for you on the cross, all of your sins are forgiven. They are, your slate is wiped clean and your fresh start begins right now. Keep your heads bowed and eyes closed, church. Can we celebrate the people that just made that decision? Come on, man. If you made that decision, please let us know when you're ready. We got prayer teams. We got plenty of people that would love to walk alongside you. Let us know when you're ready to be known. For the other group of people in this room, I I think many of you are walking in integrity right now, but it's being tested at every turn and you're tired. 
the enemy's beating you down and you need fresh energy from God. You need a fresh commitment from him to walk in integrity. And so when you raise your hand in just a second, it's you saying, Jesus, I'm still gonna walk in integrity, but I need your spirit to empower it. I need your spirit to energize. I need your spirit to help me where I'm weak. I need you to be strong. If you wanna express that kind of dependency on Jesus, to be a man or woman of integrity, would you raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three. Beautiful, hands up all over this room. Let's keep our hands up and let's pray and ask Jesus to do it in us. Jesus, we surrender our souls to you. We open our hearts to you. We open our minds to you. We want you to flood every area of our life. God, let there be no lies. Let us no longer walk in the darkness, but God, give us the strength we need through the power of your Holy Spirit to walk in integrity. Jesus, we can't do it on our own. We've tried and we failed. And so we need you to help us walk in integrity. God, may you look down on Peak City and see a church full of integrity. God, we know you'd be so pleased by it and we pray that you would make it happen. It's in Jesus' name we ask these things by saying, amen, amen. Let's celebrate. Let's see it. Thank you so much for joining us for this Peak City message today. If you'd like more information on Peak City Church or if you'd like to give to the mission here in Colorado Springs, then check us out at peakcityco.com.